Hi everyone, welcome to the Spirit of Missions podcast brought to you by the Student Missionary Union of Biola University. Here on this podcast, we seek to expand awareness of the missions field through cultural immersion and firsthand testimonies from our brothers and sisters sharing the good news of the gospel to the world. My name is Jack Burns, and here with me today is Ben and Janet Burns, which actually are my parents, um, but both of them are, are marriage and family educators with Crew, and they speak for family life. And my dad, Ben Burns, is an adjunct professor at Western Seminary. So thank you guys for joining me today. This is great, Jack. Looking <laughs> forward to it. Get to see you in your element. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we want to know more about you, your element, per se. Um, and so the question that I want to start off with is just give me a better sense of what your ministry is and what do you guys do in missions? Well, the mission field, I like the way you said it, is really marriage and family. I mean, those, that's the, the group of people we're trying to minister to and reach out to and help them understand what does the Bible really tell us about family relationships. And what's unique about that mission field is that if you're a married person and if you're a parent, you run very quickly into yourself. And when you realize that you don't have what it takes to pull off a marriage and to stay in it and be loving and kind and forgiving, or to be a parent, to lead in love, you realize how much you need Christ. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's such a powerful ministry because there's so much need for people to know who God is and how he works in life and marriage and family. Yeah, I would just add to that is that it, and that need is for a believing family and a non-believing family because mm -hmm. even you know you think about those who don't follow christ they're all about their kids those families they want their kids to succeed mm -hmm. and they like us who have the power of the holy spirit in our lives we run into the end of ourselves like you said mm -hmm. ben but it's also just a great way to make a, a bridge into the life of a of a couple that doesn't know Christ and doesn't know how to rely mm. on him. I mean, it's it's a perfect segue to talk about the Lord and his mm. impact in making you a better spouse and parent. Wow. Yeah, Time Magazine uh, a while back just kind of was commenting on just the state of American marriages, and it said that there's no other single force causing as much measurable hardship and human misery in this country as the collapse of marriage. Wow. So, wow. there, so there's a lot of pain out there that the gospel addresses, and that's what we get to do is help people understand how the gospel applies to their marriage and their family. Yeah. Wow. It's a privilege. <laughs> and it's a great accountability for our own marriage, honestly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep working on things. We're almost yes, there. We well, do. No, we're not almost there. <laughs> not that you've seen any of that, Jack. No, 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 it's all behind no. the curtain. Yeah, it's been... Perfect. Sure. Yes. Absolutely perfect. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I think that's truly wonderful. And frankly, I want to know more about how you guys found this niche of ministry, uh, working with marriages and things like that. So what really brought you brought you into this? I mean, both opportunity and saying mm -hmm. yes to the next step, um, because we started in campus ministry and, and um, then were invited to speak with family life. And... Um, but also coming from a place of not having a great example and role model of what marriage should look like and parenting look like. I mean, I, I came from a home that was, um, yeah, abusive, dysfunctional in many ways. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just remember 
I remember asking God specifically, like, Lord, please don't let me repeat this. Please don't let me multiply what I grew up with. And um, and it was just pretty fearful about that. Um, so just really having a heart for those that don't come from a great place, don't have role models in their life, and are... Um, are needing that, are, are wanting that, and so wanting to minister to them because I know that what you walk away with from your family environment, you will take into your next mm. relationship and you will take into your relationship with God. Mm. And um, that is huge. It can be, it can be very positive and very detrimental as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I have a, you, as you know, similar story. My dad was an alcoholic. I have six brothers or five brothers and sisters, so six kids in the family. And so it was just a chaotic life growing up. And so the idea of learning how to get close to another person, you really are watching what your parents do and, and kind of experiencing that environment. And you just don't know how to do it until you get married. And when you get married, you start to realize all the things that you kind of learned passively growing up don't work coping mechanisms, communicating strategies, all kinds of things. And so I think the more that um, we learned about marriage, the more we realized, wow, we need some insight. We need some coaching. We need some perspective and principles from the Bible. Uh, I know uh, for you, for your mom, we both were around couples that just were working on their marriages and enjoying a certain kind of closeness. And it was like, we'd like to have more of that. Yeah. We'd like to know more about what the Bible teaches. We'd like to help other people know more, more about that. And then especially as kids come along, it's, again, it's a challenge. Most most parents don't get an instruction manual when you, the hospital <laughs> gives you your kid. No. So you got to figure out a lot of things. And so kind of out of our own need and desire to get better in, in our own marriage and parenting, as well as seeing the needs of others, we thought, wow, what a great opportunity to, to minister to people. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's the limitless supply of people to minister to. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I can only assume so. Mm -hmm. um, so when you guys work with either a married couple with like marriage counseling or you are speaking to married couples, what is it that you, um, like what are some things that you really try and help them with? Mm -hmm. What are some common <laughs> problems that marriages really run into? Which I know marriages are different and of course they'll have different facets but I bet there's a lot of commonalities between all marriages mm -hmm. well I think the biggest thing that we all have to keep coming back to is what is the purpose of marriage mm -hmm. and what's crazy is in American culture the purpose of marriage is to make me feel good all the time mm -hmm. and if my spouse does that for me then I'll stay married when my spouse stops making me feel good and loved and romanticized and enjoyed and all those things, then I'll start looking for someone else. I mean, we've all watched The Bachelor together, right? That's kind of the American version <laughs> yeah. of marriage. I'm looking for the perfect person who will make me feel good all the time. And the thing is, the Bible teaches that that's a little part of it because God's made us in his image. He's designed us to be in relationship. He's made men and women for each other. And for marriage, it's a complementary relationship that he's made for them. So there's something in all of us that wants to be close to the opposite sex because God's designed community. But when we come to expect the opposite sex, namely our spouse, to fill all our needs, 
well, that's where we get in trouble because only God can fill all our needs and fulfill mm-hmm. us. So we have to really remember that the bigger picture of marriage is that God wants us to reflect what he's like, reflect his unity. Mm-hmm. That means loving and serving each other, not getting everything we want from each other. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to fulfill his mission. So marriage is about his unity and his mission. And our own desires getting fulfilled all the time is not high on the list. It's about loving and serving. Mm-hmm. So I think the more people have that understanding, the more they have a, a better um, chance of having a good marriage because they know it's what the bigger picture is about, about serving each other and reflecting God and being involved in his mission because that reflects his image. Yeah. I would just add that, you know, just the principle that you become like the people you spend time with. Hmm. And I think about that in my own life. The more I spend time with the Lord as in absorbing who he is, how he loves me, how sinful I am, and yet I'm loved completely, it changes me and it makes me more like Jesus. His spirit makes me more compassionate, sacrificial, loving, patient. And so I would say that in order to have a good marriage, you need to have a great relationship with Jesus. Hmm. You really, you can, I don't believe you can have a truly loving marriage the way scripture talks about it unless your relationship with Jesus is solid and you know that your identity comes from him and, um, and not from your spouse. Hmm. Hmm. That's really fascinating. And I think like kind of, Dad, to your point about like the way that we're designed to be in relationship with one each one uh, with each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that there are still a lot of people who maybe don't necessarily see the ne- the need for marriage in their time of life right now, or things like that, um, mm-hmm. in a time of singleness or in a lifestyle of singleness. And so, what really did you guys do? You guys think would be a um, a, a good reason to be married like what would be a good reason like what are some of the fantastic benefits that marriage mm-hmm. can offer for people and that's also a season of life thing but when you look at marriage like what do you see as the some great facets to what it can bring mm-hmm. uh, back rubs <laughs> absolutely you're just your your options to get back rubs are a lot higher okay opportunities for back rubs are much much higher let me write that down yeah, yeah get that down. Yeah. Um, you know i i think what it is is that i think we all want to be a part of a team again god's designed our hearts to be in community to have unity with someone else and he's designed like i said men and women for each other so there's some there's some real beauty that's involved in being a team with the opposite sex because that reflects God's image. The Bible says male and female, he created them. So I think the desire to go through life with a team member who's different from you, but like you, the opposite sex, you have the romantic attraction, you have um, just all the layers of love and intimacy, but you have the idea of companionship, the idea of being on a team together, Mm -hmm. accomplishing something greater than you could do by yourself. So all of those things are still really strong. Matter of fact, that's the blessing of marriage. Even non-believers experience mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So that's why God's designed marriage as a blessing for human beings. So I'd say the, the, the desire to get married or the reasons to get married are the same. To go through life with someone who loves you and is committed to you and have the opportunity to create a family together and um, you know, 
be involved in, in leaving a legacy to other human beings that outlive you. So there's just all these layers of comfort and companionship and intimacy and all of that. So I think those are all great reasons to get married because it's, as Solomon said, it's, it's better when two are bound together. You know, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Hmm. God's not designed us to be uh, alone. Now, it doesn't mean if someone's single, they're destined to failure because they can have all kinds of friends and all kinds of community. But there is something intrinsic about marriage that really our hearts long to be in a team and connected to somebody um, for the rest of our lives, I think. Well, and along with that, there's the covenant bond in marriage that I don't see scripture talking about as far as just relationship and community in general. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're not meant to be alone, whether you're single or married. Yeah. Like that is, that's a principle for all of us to embrace and, and to push into, but, um, the covenant bond being one where you, you just, you cannot walk away. You, you, you've made a, a bond that says, not until death do us part, I'm not walking away. Mm. So there's that, it's, and in, sometimes you're like, dang, till death do us part, that is a long time. <laughs> but then there's the other times like, no, till death do us part, we're going to work this out. We're going to mm. work it out. And there's just beautiful growth that happens in that, in that having to push into the Lord and grow personally and then as a couple and I just, um, I'm really, I am so thankful I'm married. Um, I, I mean, I picked a great guy. I mean, I picked a man who loves Jesus more than he loves me. And because of that, I know that we can make it. And that I think is, is so, so crucial. Um, but it's fun. And I'm glad, I mean, it's it's where we can we can have a physical relationship that God blesses and desires that for us, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had children, we've had you guys, and it's just <laughs> awesome. I love our family, and I love you guys, and all you add to our to my life and our life. And honestly, like it is ma- marriage because it's so hard, and the norm is that people don't stay together. You know, I don't remember what the statistics are lately. It used to be 50% stay together, 50 don't. And I know it's different for Christian marriages. But um, it is a megaphone to this world that there is a God that can help this marriage stay together because the norm is that you don't stay together. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it is such a witness. People want to know what makes it work, what makes it tick. Like, how come you're different? How come? I mean, we've gotten those comments as a family quite a bit. Like, what mm. makes you guys so different? And yeah, in a good way, not yeah. in a peculiar yeah. way. Maybe that too. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's really funny. That's really funny. I don't know. Just, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that's fantastic. And I think one thing that's really cool hearing you guys talk about it is just that um, it seems like you from what I'm hearing you say, you need the Lord to be somebody that is so intimate for you personally to make this relationship work. Mm -hmm. And so in a way you need to be connected to the Lord Mm -hmm. to grow in this relationship. I have quite, I have a question though about how has this relationship taught you more about the Lord? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll speak to that. I feel like I came from a place where, um, 
when th- hard things happened, we never really worked them through. Hmm. And so there was a lot of a lot of things that were swept under the rug and walls built. And yeah, that was our home. That was our dynamic. I feel like with Dad and I, what what I have learned about the Lord is His faithfulness to me. Hmm. That He is not going to go away. He's in there with me in the hard times and the good times. He is a forgiving God. He doesn't, and that's because of what Dad and I have experienced in our own relationship when there's conflict, like we work it through. Hmm. And the and our the depth of our connection just goes deeper because we work it through. And um and and I know that Ben or Dad will be faithful to me. Hmm. Yeah, I think what's it's interesting to me if I can summarize the the Christian life, uh, which, <laughs> Go for it. yeah, uh, in two words. Uh, uh, me first. No, no, no. That's the wrong. One. That's that's the world's view. Um, but in Philippians two, it's just incredible picture of how Jesus came down from heaven, and he, though he was fully God, did not see this as something to be clung on to, hmm. but became obedient to the point of death. And so his point was to serve people. And when you look at the Christian faith, it's here's the creator God of the universe who comes to humanity to serve them. Hmm. And to serve them means to die for them. And so I think what I learn about God in marriage is that God is has come to suffer for me. Hmm. He's put me first in one sense. You know, my salvation, our salvation. And so in marriage, is there's so many opportunities to serve your spouse and to serve your children. And it's always a competition because I want to put myself first. Hmm. And so the times that God helps me say, hey, look, you know, my wife wants this. I want that. How can I say, look, let we'll go your direction because I want to serve you. Now, that doesn't happen all the time, <laughs> does it? Especially with where we eat or what movies we watch. It happens a lot. Well, but the point is that it teaches me so much about God. Like, wow, Jesus died for me. Hmm. Because in this moment, I'm learning how to die to myself to serve someone else. And that's what he did for me. He He put me first. He put my salvation first. Hebrews tells us that for the joy set before him, hmm. he endured the cross. Well, the joy wasn't, oh, this is going to be fun to hang on a cross. Mm-hmm. It's wow. the joy of having these humans be in relationship with me. Hmm. That by dying, I get to have relationship with them. And so when I learn how to die and serve uh, your mom and serve you guys and serve others, I'm participating in the mission of what God is, who he is. And there's something about participating in that work that's just what we're meant to do. It's like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And when I can get my head around it better, it's like, I'd like to find more ways to serve. Now, I'm not, certainly not doing that all the time. But hmm. when I get the big picture that, wow, he died for me. And when I die for other people, there's something about my life that feels more full and rich and meaningful. Because it's not just about me getting what I want. It's seeing God actually make me into a person that gives to others and makes them more of a priority. And that's supernatural. I mean, that's just supernatural. Hmm. So uh, he just becomes more real to produce that in me, and then I get to see that that's kind of what he's about anyway. Hmm. So, so that helps me. That's really, that's amazing. And I think, like, 
So the question I have for that is like when you are working with these couples or you're um, speaking to these couples and you share that 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 heart for it, what what is their response and reaction? Is it a lot of self reflection? Is it like, oh wow, I I do this or I need to do this or like how how do they take this or how do people see steps moving forward? I guess mm-hmm. kind of like what are some some steps that you see people mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. or suggest? Yeah, I think that that where people um, who come to marriage conferences uh, that where we speak and even the couples counseling that we've done and it's not professional counseling it's more coaching mentoring yeah you know they usually come there's a conflict you know you got two sinful people trying to get along and get along means come my way and do my what i want so usually it starts with some level of conflict so you know trying to help people sort out what the conflict is and learning how to listen to each other becomes very important but what's deeper behind that is again just this desire that you have to come through for me or my life is meaningless. Hmm. And that's an expectation no one can live up to. Hmm. So you start at the conflict level to sort that out, to understand what the conflict is and how to listen to each other and how to um, respect each other's desires and preferences and feelings and so on. And like your mom said earlier, that takes a lot of character to put someone else first and to listen to them and not interrupt them. So helping them understand that God wants to help them by the power of the Holy Spirit, become the kind of lover and listener and someone who can be patient. So we're trying to do both. The immediate, how do you listen to the problem? Mm -hmm. But then like your mom said earlier, help them understand that you have to keep growing in your relationship with Christ. Because if you don't, you're not going to have resources to listen and be patient and so on. What would you I think, well, I I totally agree. I, I, I feel like often the meta picture is arrived at through the practical skills Hmm. of for conflict resolution listening empathizing really pushing into understanding Hmm. and when we help a couple get to that place and there's like you feel they're like wow like a penny drops and there's connection that they have that they haven't experienced in a long time more understanding of the other person and where they're coming from, more of a commitment of like, oh my, of understanding like this is where you're coming from and I understand why what I did wounded you and that's not my heart. Like just the healing moments that happen between couples that we've seen, like it's just so, such a privilege to be a part of that and to help orchestrate that. I think then they walk away with, Hmm, this is what the bigger picture of partnership, unity, connection, companionship look like. And mm. I can't do that in my own power. So I feel like it almost, it, it kind of, it works from um, the practical into the theoretical, if, mm. if that makes sense. No, that does. That does. Yeah. But oftentimes, you know, when you're sitting down with a couple, they just want their spouse to change yeah so it's, yeah. they don't they don't immediately go oh wow what a beautiful perspective thanks mm-hmm. I'll no. just do that yeah they, they're sick and tired of the same old problem and the same old character issues with their spouse and so there's a lot to kind of sort through mm-hmm. but like your mom was saying that's the underground under, undergirding foundation of trying to help them understand the bigger perspective uh, of what marriage is and how it works hmm. um Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. So now I think I'm going to transition a little bit. 
Um, I think for most of our listeners, we're, they are not in a married relationship right now. Some of them are either single or in dating relationships. But as people who work with marriages and see the end product of what a dating relationship looks like, I, I know you guys have knowledge and wisdom on what healthy dating relationships look like, the process to get to marriage. So what, what does that look like for you guys? Or as you work with married couples and then couple or couples that you are hoping, or not hoping would get married, but that are, you're helping them in the marriage process and they're dating at the time. What advice do you give them for healthy dating relationships? Well, for men, it's clearly wear deodorant. Okay. That's going to be helpful. Brush your teeth. Okay. Brush your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, you know what? Can I just clarify? When you say dating, you're not talking about like dating a lot of people. You're talking about one exclusive relationship. That's a great question. The way that I would define it is like instead of going on dates with people, like you are going on like different dates with a lot of people and things like that. I think that's different than dating as a more of a committed relationship okay. with one or two individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can think of things that people do that are bad, <laughs> you know, that mess things up for sure. I think people go way too fast. I mean, it's incredibly natural that our emotions take over and mm. our hormones take over. And I mean, it's fascinating to me. It doesn't matter what age at all. Like this mm. isn't an early teenage, you know, 20 year old, 20s issue. I mean, I can think of people in their 70s at the initial stage of date when they're starting to date and meet someone it's like it's it's our body's reaction for our hormones to just go oh my goodness this person was made for me you know and mm, like wow. this is where life is so i think that's normal and natural i think it, what is wise is to remember that though it is normal and natural it is not sustainable and it is not a place to define um, whether this relationship is right or not. Emotions should not be um, the defining factor mm. for that. I think the other thing people do is they get involved physically way too quickly and that clouds the health of a relationship and your ability to think clearly about is this really a healthy relationship where I feel respected, I'm respecting them, we are we don't feel threatened by other relationships this person has and or their relationship with god and mm. if if anything there's more of an encouragement for uh the other to pursue a relationship with god mm. there's more what would you add hon uh well i think yeah i think what you said is excellent because when people have just the overwhelmed feelings of infatuation or everything's going really great because we like each other, there's a spark. Yeah. Uh, I remember C.S. Lewis um, had a relationship with this author named Sheldon Van Auken, and he wrote a book called The Severe Mercy. And in the book, Van Auken was really caught up with wanting to keep the romantic ideal vibrant. Hmm. And that if for some reason those feelings tarnished between him and his, at the time, fiance, then wife, Davy then there was something wrong. And Lewis said, "You it can't always be spring. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's there's ups and downs as you go through life. And so I think if, if, if people are curious and interested in marriage, marriage is about all kinds of vicissitudes, ups and downs. Yeah. 
And so if you're together with someone long enough and can be thoughtful enough to go through that, allow yourself to have those times where you're kind of bored, sometimes where you're not interested, times where you're busy or whatever, and learning how to accept that in each other. I, I like what you said about the other relationships or spaces. You know, sometimes people become so much a unit hmm. that they, they cut themselves off from their friends or they get jealous if their boyfriend, girlfriend wants to go out with their friends. And that's not really not good because, A, you're not married yet. And B, even if you were married, you have to allow each other to be separate people wow. with separate interests. And that's a dance that you learn over time. There's times you're together and then there's times that you're separate. So I think for people who can kind of practice that, that's just not always easy because there's a lot of emotions involved. You want to do everything together. You want to shut all your friends off. You want to make yourselves totally exclusive because there's an energy there. But you're kind of setting yourself up for a little failure because when you start to realize, hey, we have separate lives. We have to just mm. keep going. Someone might feel hurt or confused or, or threatened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your mom's right. There's so much to say here. I, I think the last thing I would say is that if, if marriage really is about unity, like I said, and mission, God's mission, mm-hmm. then the more, especially Christians, practice those as singles, the more they're going to realize that this is the nature of what a marriage is. Hmm. So unity means diversity, but unity. So the more I can respect how different you are, how different opinions you have, the different movies you like. I'm practicing how to love and accept you even though you're different. Yeah. And you can do that as a single. You can meet all kinds of different people. You don't have to just hang out with people that agree with everything you agree with. Mm -hmm. And even if you're dating someone, find places where you disagree, whether it's theology or politics or culture. And that doesn't mean it ends the relationship. It it, it enriches it because you're different. Mm. And then at the same time, what is the mission of God? He wants more people to know him. So how do you help each other know him? How do you involve in your local churches? You know, how do you involve in this kind of podcast? How is it that we help other people know what life's about, which is knowing God and how life works? Hmm. So I think, you know, those are some things to consider. If you want to be married, this is what marriage is. How do we practice that as singles, as friends, as a dating couple, keeping hmm. him first? Wow. Uh, Dan, you mentioned something really fascinating that I want to dive into a little more. Just this idea for dating or in marriage being individuals together. Mm-hmm. How does how do you balance that? What does that look like to be wholly an individual, but then also wholly together in that? Shoot, I wish we had more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough question. but Well, it is. And, and psychologists call it differentiation. And the idea is how can you stay who you are and hold on to who you are, but still in the relationship, be in relationship. And this is what's so really fascinating about our faith is that the God we believe in is Father, Son, and Spirit. Hmm. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father. And it's like, okay, but they're all God. How does that work? One God. (laughs) I I don't know. But the picture is that they're separate persons who are perfectly in unity with each other. So how that works is that over time, you know, I think, you know, early into our marriage, you know, if your mom didn't like the same movie, then I'm hurt. I feel bad. It's like, you don't like me. I take it personally. Oh, what's wrong with us? We don't have, we don't see everything in common together. Wow. But later on, it's kind of like, you know what? She doesn't like those movies and that's okay. 
There's there's no angst I feel. There's no disappointment that I feel. There's no anger that I feel. There's a sense in which, you know what, I get that about you, and I, I like that about you, and I even respect that. You don't have to like what I like. Hmm. But I can watch what you want from time to time, and you can watch what I want from time to time. So it's just over time, it's learning how to say you're bad, not not saying you're bad because you don't agree with me, but I know you don't agree with me, and I still like you, and I even like that about you, that we have differences. And that just takes time. It just really takes time. But that's the goal of it, is treating each other with respect and dignity that we're separate. Because one of the things that a researcher, John Gottman, in Seattle says is, there are so many differences that you have with another person. Hmm. There's so many things that you like that they don't like. So the goal is not to find someone you don't have differences with. <laughs> it's learning to enjoy their differences. Hmm. And that's the beauty and complexity of marriage is God's bringing two different people together. And sovereignly, he's bringing us together because your mom has strengths that I don't have. And she's got weaknesses that I don't have. So how do we serve each other and help each other become more like Christ? If we were the same, it'd be pretty boring, you know. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, I think I've got two more questions for you guys, just to kind of wrap things up. One would be to start us off: What are some common misconceptions of the ministry mm. that you guys do, mm-hmm. or maybe even the? mission of marriage in general Hmm. i feel like one of the misconceptions we run into regularly when uh, we'll share about a weekend to remember family life conference they'll say well yeah we're kind of we're doing pretty good in our marriage like we're not in trouble and Mm -hmm. i i think a misconception is that if you are pursuing growth in your marriage it's because you're at a place of you have a problem Hmm. And the reality is if you're not pursuing growth, you're not staying stagnant, you're actually declining. And so you need to constantly be pushing into your marriage and into your relationship. So misconception is that if, yeah, if you're focusing on your marriage, you've got problems. Well, like everybody has problems, some more severe than others. But you need to you need to regularly be working on yourself and in your on your marriage and that hmm. relationship. Hmm. That's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, and I think I think another one related to that is that um, that you can go to a, a weekend mm. or read a book and that's that'll take care of it. You just need a few huh. more tips and tricks. Like if I could just learn how to communicate better, well, that there are skills you need to learn. There really are, but there's a deeper heart motivation. Hmm. And that's where if you're not growing spiritually in your allegiance to Christ as the one who fulfills all your needs, then on some level you're still going to be expecting and even demanding your spouse to come through for you and make your life work. Hmm. Now there's times that you feel as a team and the companionship is just gorgeous because that's what God's designed. Hmm. But there's times where the fact that you are different feels very, very lonely. Hmm. And if you're not relying on Jesus to get a sense of who you are as a person and what your life's all about, but you're needing your spouse to agree with you on everything to feel good about yourself, you're in a world of hurt. Hmm. So it takes time. It, it's it's going to take time to keep growing uh, in your allegiance to the Lord and understanding how to love your spouse as a separate person. One weekend ain't going to do it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and along with what you were saying, Ben, I think one of the other misconceptions about 
marriage and ministry is that problems in your marriage or um, issues in your marriage mean there's something wrong with your marriage. Right. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the norm. It's yeah. normal. Hmm. And it's just an incredibly amazing growth machine. Hmm. Um, marriage is where it's and growth means that that um, change needs to happen there's an aspect of a lot of discomfort but it's healthy and it's right and it's good but your perspective makes a huge difference if you think this is the deal breaker because we're having problems then then you're not going to move forward but if it's like no yeah I, I know this like I feel like one of the main purposes when we do premarital counseling is to give people the heads up, like do the pre-talk of this, hmm. This you'll have hard times. It'll be hard. This isn't all easy. And so that when they get there, not if they get there, when they get there, wow. they're like, oh yeah, Ben and Janet said, oh, there would be tough times. Okay, we know. This is nothing new, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to hide. Everybody goes through tough stuff, pretty much kind of similar. Hmm in a lot of ways uh, but then you go okay then let's look at it and deal with it yeah yeah if you if you have problems in your marriage it's because you married a human being <laughs> yeah that's a good way Dang to put it, it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and one of the last thing i'd add to, to what your mom said especially about misperceptions is that i think it's confusing to christians when they run into problems hmm. because i thought i married a christian hmm. and i'm a christian and it's confusing too. We say, "Well, I have prayed about my marriage; it's not getting any better, and I have asked God to help me, and it's not getting any better." And what that does is it 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 shows you a couple things. One, it takes time. First of all, it takes effort and faith and prayer, but at the same time, it shows you how deeply our hearts are wired to serve ourselves. Because hmm. Paul said in Romans chapter one that. He's describing the fallen human being as worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator. Hmm. And so what's deep in my heart and your heart and your mom's heart and everybody's heart is it's all about me. It's all about me. That's hardwired into us as fallen people. And so our natural bent is to come back to, I'm not getting it fast enough, quick enough, the way I want it. Hmm. And so it just shows you how protracted this problem is in our hearts. And so a Christian marriage, um, we have all the resources at our fingertips, but we're still dealing with an unruly fallen person in a fallen world. And so... In ourselves. And, yeah, in ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even with God's help, sanctification is a process. Hmm. It's not quick. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then final question, and this might be a little bit different for you guys, but usually we ask the guests on our show, how can we stay involved in your ministry or follow your ministry? So I know maybe a lot of our listeners aren't married, um, but if they were or other ways that they could seek to find more information on this stuff, where could they go? Where could you point them? Well, where we do a lot of the marriage education is through Family Life. It's a ministry of crew. Okay. Um, started in 1976, and we've kind of the, the ministry has spoken to over two million people so there's about a hundred conferences a year that are done during the season they're on hold because no one wants to get in a large group together <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, but family life has a website called familylife.com there's a daily radio broadcast there's all kinds of incredible podcasts from previous shows um with all kinds of guests um 
as well as books and resources. But I think the conference, if a person can get to the, one of the conferences, uh, whether we're speaking at them or not, um, the material is pretty universal at all the conferences. Each speaker couple brings their own stories and illustrations yeah. and humor to it. Um, but what's really interesting about it is just that those conferences have a strong spiritual emphasis, emphasis and especially the presentation of the gospel. So when you mm-hmm. think about your podcast and missions, you know, every weekend the gospel is shared and people are given an opportunity to trust Christ. So um, every year, Family Life sees on average two to 3,000 people become Christians wow. through this ministry of just coming to a conference. Mm-hmm. So if they want to learn, people want to learn more about whether whether they're dating, there's great material there, or if they're engaged, uh, there's some great, we've used some Family Life materials and going through engagement counseling with people. Um, if they're first year in marriage, it's a great way to check in. So familylife.com would be a great place for a lot yeah. of the resources that they'd want to get. Yeah, and just like you said, you can assume that it's just for married people, and there's a lot for married people, but it's also for singles as well. They've got a lot of oh, great wow. relationship advice. Yeah, we have a session for people at the conference who are not yet married. Oh, okay. And it's a, a condensed version of kind of our conversation to say, hey, this is what marriage is about, and are you on the same page, and where are you, and help people identify some people, it really helps them move forward. Some people, it makes them go, you know what? I don't know if we're right for each other. Hmm. Not meaning they're not right for marriage, but and there's the things timing, that come out. Right, the timing. Timing or even beliefs. Yeah. yeah, there's some people, yeah. And that's specific for the conference for couples, but just the website itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's resources for your non-married, non-dating people that are listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for inviting us. Of course. It's fun to see you uh, do your thing. And (laughs) it was a great conversation. Thanks for leading us through it. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And for all of our listeners to stay up to date on anything SMU or the Spirit of Missions podcast, please follow our Instagram at SMU underscore Biola. Also, I want to say thank you for everyone who's worked on the SOMP podcast or the Spirit of Missions podcast. Special shout out to Alexio working on all of the behind the scenes editing and working for this. And then also the Marcom department of uh, the Student Missionary Union for putting out graphics and doing a lot of the marketing for this, putting the blog up and everything like that. And so big thank you to everyone involved. Um, And stay tuned. Next week we will have another guest on our podcast. So thank you again for listening and have a great week.